any WWE employee, whether you're working in our advanced media group or in our road crew or as an on-air talent or a superstar would say the same thing. You got to move fast if you want to be successful at WWE. Things move fast. And things move fast because we react and we react quickly and we re react decisively and we listen. That's John Brody, EVP and business leader at WWE, talking the speed of business and how fast we have to react in today's world to our fans and learning from fans. We jumped through a ton of topics in a really quick period of time. Listening to fans, engagement, authenticity, timing, three principles that those guys really believe in at WWE. My fandom of Andre the Giant back decades ago and his fandom of New England sports and that family dynamic with his dad, but also with his kids. What he learned at the NFL, MLB, and the Celtics, and the differences between properties, risk-taking, knowing your customers. I could talk to John all day. Thanks for listening. First things first, thanks for having me um, and giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit about WWE and uh, the phenomenon that we think is going on out of Stanford, Connecticut. Um, the, the reality of the WWE fan, um, we feel, is... We have fans who are truly passionate, yep. um, whether they are playing one of our video games from a licensee or watching us on NBCU or and soon to be Fox or on the WWE Network um, or coming to a live event. We think we have a really passionate fan base. Um, you know, we talk a lot about there's nothing like seeing a WWE event live. Um, because it's the utmost in sports, it's the utmost in entertainment, it's the utmost in fan engagement, which is part of the reason we're talking today. But at the end of the day, whether you are experiencing it across any of the different screens where we deliver our content, live at MSG where we were last week, or MetLife Stadium, or WrestleMania next year in Tampa, at Raymond James, we think that's what differentiates us a little bit, which is the passion of our fan base and how the fans are so invested in our content because they're a part of the content. And that's just a little different than a traditional sports property or a traditional entertainment property, which is why we kind of think we fit at this unique pivot point between sports and entertainment. In some ways, we're the best of sports, right? Our ratings and our content, you got to watch it live. So we deliver like sports but it's also the best of entertainment because we are, um, we have storyline and drama and actors and athletes who can portray themselves as larger than life figures with regular everyday life decisions to make. Um, we just happen to solve a lot of our disputes or questions or challenges in a 20 by 20 ring, but it's a lot of what's been going on since um, back in, back in the Roman times, good versus evil two men, two women in a ring, um, or two men and two women discussing a, a disagreement or discussing an opportunity, we think that's what makes our fans so passionate and makes our property so differentiated. I mean, I'll date myself. I, going back as a kid at the Cap Center in Landover, Maryland, watching Andre the Giant and Big John Studd and, and that world, Russell, and the rabid fan base then to going to an event of yours at Cap One Arena in D.C. last year. What... You've been able to keep that fan engagement for decades. Most properties can't. Yeah. What, what is it about, and, and you talked a little bit about the real life or the larger than life um, and portraying, but 
how are you guys continuing to listen to your fan so that you can keep that engagement at an all-time high? Yeah, and, and we invite you to continue to go to live events. Um, and you don't have to just go in Maryland, so you should feel like we can expand <laughs> your um, horizons a little bit. We're happy to host you in a different city or different country um, or in a different language, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, it is about listening to the fans, as you said, but it's also about evolving with the time, right? The, the, the way that I think sports and entertainment imitates life, and as life changes and storylines in life change, you have to have the dexterity to pivot with that changing landscape, whether it's how you deliver your media, whether it's how you build your storyline, whether it's how you evolved so it isn't just two men in a ring it's four men or it's two women or it's four women um or it's taking a property like wwe outside of the united states to abu dhabi and have the first ever uh women's match hmm. and doing it in a way that it's culturally relevant in country but also relevant for the fan base that to us is about how you listen to your fan, how you pivot with the changing times and how you keep those passionate, engaged fans served. And that's a constant, that's a constant message inside our building. The many brands, we're not the only one to have a brand manifesto or a statement, but um, ours is pretty simple, but pretty complex. Um, our, our job is to, at the end of the day, put smiles on people's faces the world over, you have to evolve and change and make sure that you are relevant to be able to make people smile and to make people feel and to make people emote. And that's a challenge that we work on every day. That's why we're, we're fortunate to have some of the best writers and unequivocally the best athlete entertainers in the world. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna go there because not only are you listening and and then having to react, but then you need to share that with the writer who then needs to share that with talent and that person then needs to practice and excel at that, which I assume could be the next day or that evening. Yeah, I I, I think that any WWE employee, whether you're working in our advanced media group or um, as a, in our road crew or as an on-air um, um, talent or a superstar would say the same thing. You got to move fast if you want to be successful at WWE. Things move fast. And things move fast because we react and we react quickly and we re react decisively and we listen. Mm. You know, there's no better example of that as in, in something that's going on right now in our ecosystem with Kofi Kingston. Kobe Kingston has a, been a very successful member of the WWE um, roster for a number of years. I think about 10 years. And there's been a phenomenon in our world over the last six months to a year where the fans wanted more Kofi. The fans called for it. They tweeted about it. They emailed for it. They, they voted with their hands and in their voices. And we listened. Hmm. And we listened, and, and Kofi's on a very different path, perhaps, than he would otherwise have been. But it's because we listen to our fans, and because he's tremendous, and because the script were all of those things. But it starts with listening, and it starts with being able to, as you said before, maybe it's the same day, maybe it's the same match, mm. to be able to pivot and be ready 
for whatever is going to entertain and whatever is going to give the best result for the long-term storyline of a property that's been able to do it over multiple generations. And the and you mentioned all those different touch points, uh, live at venue, the way they're shouting or reacting, or the emails or or Twitter. I, I imagine from a listing perspective, you guys you have to be twenty four seven around the world just reacting to this stuff. You know, I have the good fortune um, to oversee our our sales group as well as the international operation of the company, and um, what what we try to do is we try to make sure that when we are seeing something go on, right, whether it's a spike in YouTube and we're the number one sports property on YouTube in the world, (laughs) or it's something happening with a a particular show where we're, we're live on television many nights during the week. We try to make sure that we're all communicating, and it's a little easier in today's world. We have all these handheld things that buzz at all hours of the night, but what we try to do is make sure we don't just listen and then file it away, but listen and see it as an opportunity to give the fans what they want, and Vince and the McMahon family have been doing that in different ways for generations now, and it it starts with how you how you really believe in what your property has. You know, we believe that we have some of the best athletes and some of the best superstars in the world. We believe that we needed to take a walk down a long, dark hallway of OTT many years before most other properties were able to do that or willing to do that. We believe you have to be nimble. Um, we believe you have to understand your fan, and when you go direct to consumer, you got to collect data. Um, we believe in giving everyone a chance, and we believe in hope, and we believe in those different things. And how you then take that and put it into the new media model or you put it into where we were 10, 20, 30 years ago, those are mechanisms. At the end of the day, you have to be able to deliver the storyline that fans believe in. How often does one of your talent come to you and come to the team with a particular idea of what they've seen one-on-one with fans and that actually leads to a pivot of them as a persona? Yeah, it's interesting. So a couple guiding principles, right? Um, in, in developing our relationship with our fan, we always talk to the talent and you know, among ourselves about engagement, authenticity, and timing, Mm. right? Engagement, authenticity, and timing. And there's an arc to all of these different storylines. And I am not the writer. um, I'm not in the writer's room. I am not um, uh, 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 creative, but I've watched and I've learned. And the ability to work with the talent and say, you know, Understand that suggestion you may have talent X, Y, but we got to be authentic or the timing's not right. Or is the engagement going to be there? All of those things take on a persona when you, when you are sitting in the room talking to a talent who has an idea and he or she may be right. And and, and I don't know, but I, I'd imagine it's happened more than once when a, a character change happens based on what the talent is feeling. But there are a lot of factors that go into it, right? Is it good for, 
the authenticity, mm-hmm. is there engagement, all of those things that I talked about before, they don't always, the, the superstars don't always have a, a glimpse into, into that. And, and we've been listening to our fans for a long time. So the writers and, and Vince and the creatives, uh, Triple H, they all have a tremendous sense of when to pivot and when to stay the course. Mm-hmm. And we talked about fans and town and, and you guys inside the walls there in Stamford. The other dimension to this are brands uh, that you're interacting with every day and they're using your platform and your talent and, and your properties to reach their fans. Talk about a little bit of how that's yeah. evolved. Yeah, you know, the, the partnership model um, over the last uh, five to 10 years has really evolved for us. Uh, I think, I think we have grown four X um, in the sponsorship business since 2010. Um, and do we care about a and ratings and revenue? Sure. Um, absolutely. We're a for-profit company, but we care about partnerships and we care about finding ways to, to show these brands that we can deliver. Not everyone understands the WWE. So that's why to our earlier part of our conversation, we try to get them to an event or feel the feeling that our fans feel, but we also have to deliver to them something differentiated. And we think we do that in a few different ways. Number one is our superstars. Um, They're a part of the family. There is no union. There are no agents. Um, We we can deliver on that. Um, And it's part of this one-stop shopping approach that he and she and all of the buyers um, really gravitate toward because it gives them the ability to come to one place and get what they need, whether it's talent, as I articulated before, or our close partnership with NBC and Fox in the U.S., or our partners around the world, ProSieben um, or, or Sony in India, all of those partners deliver on a one-stop shopping approach. We then can go through our OTT mechanisms, or we can do through our digital and social. We have, you know, the, the largest um, part, the, the most successful uh, sports brand on YouTube has the most following is WWE. WWE. We had 5.8 billion hours of video content consumed across our platforms last year. Wow. So how do we put all that together? That's the one-stop shopping approach. So whether you want to do a deal or have a partnership with The Undertaker or with Ronda Rousey or a digital program to help you launch a new Hyundai vehicle, we try to have a one-stop shopping approach that allows you to get what you need and deliver to a really passionate and, and, and quite large global fan base. And, and you've been fortunate uh, prior to WWE of working at other uh, properties and, and rights holders. I'm curious along the way what you've learned yourself about fan experience or, or the customer experience and who you think out there you, you learn from it that does it really well. It could be in sports entertainment or just even a, a retailer that you appreciate the customer experience and always like to learn from that too. Yeah. I, I, I've been fortunate to appreciate you asking that one. I, I, I've been fortunate at major league baseball in the NFL, um, the Boston Celtics and now here to see things from different vantage points and the different properties are on, are on, different trajectories and also have different end games. You know, as an example, the English premier league and major league soccer are both 
um, global football brands, but they have very different trajectories right now. One's not better or worse. They're just different. EPL has been around for, you know, tens of, uh, for decades. MLS is a growing sport and it's had a great uh, upward curve. Major League Baseball and the NFL have many years of history. The NFL is by far the number one sports property in the country. It's the number one ratings grinder in the country. Um, so some of their risk tolerance is different than a place that may have more, um, may have more ability and have more of a stomach to take risks. Um, WWE is a risk-taking organization. We believe we don't do it without a great deal of thought and analytics and all of those things, but we're willing to take risks. I mean, look at what we did um, just last year with, um, with the women's evolution. It started well before last year for us when our fans, again, fans, said to us, we want to see more of your female superstars because they are delivering amazing entertainment value to us. We were, we were willing at that time um, to build on it, and then that culminated over the last few years with a true evolution in our, in our, in our sports property where we had three women main event WrestleMania. They main evented our Super Bowl. They main evented our Olympics. They were a part of a movement that is bigger than just WWE, but we saw it and we listened to our fans. I think that's something that separates WWE. Mm. But there's things I've learned at the Celtics on, on how you treat a customer in the local level or things I learned at baseball when I was part of that early team that formed Major League Baseball Advanced Media and some of the great work they did over the last decade or two. Um, or at the NFL, just the power of the shield and, and, and how you can just do amazing things based on the positioning of your brand in the marketplace. Those have all been learnings that I've taken with me and have allowed me to, to, to really put those to work in, a, in an organization that is open to pivots and open to risk and open to trying to do the most important thing, which is getting fans chanting uh, good or bad, um, in our arenas and online and throughout the different forms of media about WWE and our superstars and our storyline. What, what do you recall as a kid as your first big fan experience and one where you are still a fan of that person, sport, musician, uh, entertainment property to this day? So I, so I grew up in New England yep. um, and am a passionate uh, New England fan. And my kids and, and I have had a very different experience. Um, <laughs> my kids only know winning. Right. Um, and I'm thrilled that they only know winning. But if you, if you ask me one of the, one of the uh, strongest, most poignant memories I have is I remember going to the Super Bowl when um, the Patriots lost to the Bears. I think it was 46 to 10. Um, and I remember that feeling and I remember my dad saying to me, just so you get prepared and just so you know, losing hurts a lot more than winning feels great. So just don't lose. <laughs> and I say that to my kids and my kids answer is, well, dad, we're doing that. We don't lose. <laughs> um, now it helps when you have, when you have Belichick and Brady, but no, I, I, I just remember kind of the power. I, I couldn't even appreciate the power of how big the Super Bowl was. I was fortunate to go to a Final Four, I remember. Um, and, and, and I just couldn't believe how big it was. And that begins to intoxicate you, right? It begins to get you 
excited about it. And now you fast forward to today, and you and I are both fortunate to work in the business of sport. And if you ask most people um, in the media or kind of the, the media or branding space, sports is the last great bastion, right? I mean, it is the only, one of the only places where people still consume live, where people still have real affinity. Um, you know, I think the days of maybe the, uh, the excitement around shows that were phenomenons when I was a kid, like Friends and, um, and appointment viewing, those have kind of changed. And sports hasn't. And we're fortunate enough to be able to experience that. I don't know how I went from getting demolished by the Bears and getting uh, friends in the same uh, in the same segment. But maybe that means I'm talking too much. <laughs> you might you might never again. Take, but but keep keep riffing on it though. You talked about the moment you're having a conversation with your dad about that New England experience. Then you're talking about the same conversation or similar with your kids. So talk about that yeah. family fan experience that you guys have. Um, because as I yeah. mentioned, I've got it from when I was a kid and I can remember who, who the talent was back then. And it's different talent, but same feeling in the family now. Yeah. You know, sports unites, right. And, and competition is a, is, is a important part of life. You compete, when you're in the workplace, when you're on the court, when you're on the pitch, whatever it may be. And I think sports teaches a lot about competition and teamwork and perseverance and growth and development and unselfishness and all of those things. We're lucky enough to kind of have a front row seat to that, whether we're at a WWE event or, or a Indiana Pacers game. And that's a gift to give to your kids or to be able to see on your own. You know, you talk, I talk a lot about when I'm, when I'm hiring for um, roles, I, and, and I don't, you know, I, I, I want to have diversity of thought. I want to have all of those different things represented, but I love hiring athletes because hmm. I know that they've experienced failure. I know that they've experienced a time when they had to be unselfish. I know that they've had to put in work um, to be able to compartmentalize maybe their school work versus their practice. I think all of those things, those lessons from sports and those lessons from competition helps you and I and our kids um, in, in kind of another game. It just happens to be the game of life. Mm. And, and if you have the crystal ball in front of you and you're figuring out how you're going to continue to challenge yourself and the full team in keeping mm. that fan engagement from what we talked about for the last 30, 40 years to the next 30 or 40 years, what is it that you guys are doing every day that's going to help make that a reality? Yeah, I think, I think knowing your customer is so important. Um, knowing your customer and understanding them because ultimately if you put your fan first or you put your consumer first or you put your, your loyal ticket holder first, you'll, you'll win more than you'll lose. And it takes a lot of pressure off the power of the property or the power of the writing or the power of the protagonist if you listen to your fan and you listen to your consumer. And the best way to do that is to know them, right? We've invested a, a ton of money and time and, and human capital in data scientists at WWE, and I am amazed by the information and the um, depth of what they can share with me to help me do my job, whether it's a television negotiation in the Philippines or it's 
um, you know, how we can return on the investment that Unilever made in us. And knowing your fan, knowing your customer, and, and always putting them first, I think is a pretty good way, because um, I have no crystal ball, but a pretty good way to operate. Um, and if you tie that with this really, really amazing gift that we all can have, which is working hard, you tend to get lucky more often. And a lot of, a lot of times I, I think there's a misconception that if you put in long hours, you work hard. Well, putting in long hours many times is what is needed. But working hard and understanding how to deliver is critical as you look to the future because we have no idea. If, if you were to tell me that I'd be talking to you on this handheld device and having three other them buzz in my ear at the same time while we're doing this, and I'm in a different state, and you're in, like all of those things, I wasn't thinking about that when I was watching the Bears kick the crap out of the Patriots, but I was thinking about sport and then how you bring all that together with its technology or teamwork or all those things. If you work hard and you generally put the fan first and understand the fan, I think you got a pretty good shot. And that's The Bond. Thanks for listening.